Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hello, Business of Design, episode 161, and I'm recording this on a very special day. It's my birthday. It is my quarantine birthday. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm in my 50s, so birthdays are lovely, but not necessarily a day where everything stops and it's all about me. I have been thinking a lot about those poor kids who are going to have their birthdays in isolation, and I don't know how that would feel. I'm sure there are some clever parents right now figuring out how they are going to make those days very special for their children. If you're having your birthday in quarantine, now you know you're not alone, right? As I said, this is episode 161, and this is going to be a short one, a business of design business alert podcast. I want to focus on something I think each of us is going to have to take a hard look at in the coming weeks and months, specifically the urge to chase cash. I don't know about you, but I have a tendency to fall back onto old thinking, which tells me that some income is better than no income. Intellectually, logically, scientifically, I can tell you that isn't true. And yet, I find it really hard to reason with myself. I've worked for myself since I was 14 years old. I was born an entrepreneur. I've had many businesses. Some have been successful. Some have failed spectacularly. One thing has remained consistent. From a very young age, having grown up without a lot of money, I had the feeling that I was going to have to take care of this on my own. And financial security was extremely important to me because I saw what financial insecurity looked like. I didn't want any part of that. Anybody who's been to any kind of business of design event has heard me talk about my strange and strained relationship with money from a very young age, beginning with those babysitting jobs I took. And then at the end of the night, having fulfilled on my promise to the parents to look after the children and get them in bed, when the parents would say to me, what do we owe you? I would say, nah, nothing. Don't worry about it. I loved being here. By the way, I didn't love being there. I really didn't love babysitting. It wasn't my favorite thing in the whole world to do. And I had a lot of financial insecurity. So that response made very little sense. I continued to self-sabotage in that way all through the years. And I recall a particular conversation with my editor at Style at Home magazine one day. She phoned me and in conversation, she said, you know, something interesting Every single male writer who works at Transcontinental Media asks for a raise on a regular basis. And I said, oh, isn't that interesting? And then she said, but the female writers never ask for a raise. And I said, oh, isn't that interesting? We talked for a few minutes and then she said, hello, I just 
told you to ask for a raise. Oh, you did? I should ask for a raise? Yes, she said. You should ask for a raise. You're not being paid fairly. I'm not? Oh my gosh, what should I ask for? And then she gave me a number and I said, I couldn't possibly ask for that big of a raise. How much bigger of a nudge could the universe have given me? And in fact, I was really lucky because typically there isn't someone above you, an editor who says, by the way, you should ask for a raise and here's how much, right? I did get a raise. It was lovely. And some years later, when print magazines began to have trouble being economically viable, the editor-in-chief came back to me and said, "Uh, we're going to have to cut your salary, but we'd like you to continue writing for the magazine. And it was easier for me at that point, having developed the systems and protocols and strategies I use in my interior design business to say, I can appreciate that that is what you want, but that won't work for me. And at that moment, it was time to say goodbye to that lovely relationship with a magazine that I really adored. We learn all kinds of messages about money and our worth as very young children. And those messages I have found are quite hardwired, making it troublesome to root them out, face them, and then change them. And in fact, any changes I've made over the years didn't stick initially. I had to go back again and again and remind myself of what I know to be true. I provide value to the world and to individuals. And in exchange for that expertise and value, I get paid. People don't give me money because they like me. They give me money because they want something I have, something that's valuable. And self-talk would have us believe that because it's easy for us being creative, giving people advice on their homes, that means it's not valuable, when that simply isn't true. So I thought we'd spend a few minutes talking about how to resist the urge to chase income and instead stay focused on profitability. Even if that's at a reduced capacity, it is still a stronger strategy than chasing income for a whole bunch of reasons. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the coaching community for independent designers like you. We know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses, participate in monthly coaching calls, and find unlimited support within our exclusive members-only Facebook group. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results. For independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $79. Annual members save two months. What are you waiting for? We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. 
don't have many announcements today, just a couple of important ones. Boot camp begins today. If you haven't registered yet, it's not too late. In fact, you can register at any point in boot camp because everything is recorded and you can go back and watch the recordings you missed. You can work at your own pace or you can keep pace with all of us. We will be clarifying anything you need to know about Business of Design's 15-step project management strategy, plus we'll be honing in on those things that are more important now than ever. And each week, we'll be tackling a different extra topic as well, including pricing, marketing, client relationships, new opportunities. Members, this content is free with your paid membership. Not yet a member? That's okay. We've got great webinars coming up for you as well. An overview of Business of Design's five-phase recovery program. I promise it won't just be a teaser. We will give you specific strategies you need to do right now. Members, we are going to do a very deep dive into Business of Design's five-phase recovery program. It's five phases, but there will be multiple parts over many weeks. We're going to allow Business of Design Bootcamp to unfold and happen first because you've got to have those processes in place. You must, you must, you must. And then we will roll out Business of Design's five-phase recovery program. Don't worry. There's plenty of time for you to do all these things. Together, we are going to take a measured And this is really important, experience-based approach. No knee-jerk reactions, no theories from 29 sources, just specific strategies on what works every single time. And now back to the show. So I mentioned off the top of the show that temptation to imagine that some income is better than no income is that ever true? Well, yeah, it is sometimes true. If you right now are in a position where you can't pay your bills and you can't feed your family, then some income is better than no income. And you will need to do whatever it takes to ensure that you have some income. That will mean all the humbling cleanup tasks any business owner who isn't on top of cash flow will have to do, such as phoning your clients and asking directly for money. So how do we do that? Well, I think we do that with honesty, with humility, and perhaps, as our podcast guest said last Monday, Marika Manalitas, with levity. I would, for example, say to a client that I am a small business owner and therefore cash flow is really important to us. And I didn't stay on top of billing the way I should. And I apologize for that. But here we are in this unfolding crisis that none of us predicted. And I find myself in the awkward position of needing to ask you to pay this bill. Can you do that? And then stop talking. See what your client says. Leading with the truth, with authenticity, with humility, is a really good way to bring out the human in your client, if that's a challenge. I mean, most clients, it's not a challenge to bring out the humanity, right? But let's say you have a client who has been difficult in this regard. 
You want to give them the opportunity to understand the real measure of your need. And in most cases, human beings will do the right thing. I was really warmed to hear the response in California to the governor's request for retired health care providers to come forward if they were able to serve. He said it would make a huge difference if 5,000 of the 37,000 plus retired health care providers might come forward to assist during these troubling times. And they were overwhelmed with more than 25,000 people offering their services. I mean, that just really warms your heart. And I think if you approach clients and, and own up to whatever your part is in the failure to communicate or collect or invoice and tell them that you have an actual need most of them will, in fact, do the right thing. So that's the first thing. Next, you're going to do whatever it takes to get yourself income that's not already in your company. That might mean taking a second job. It might mean offering services to your existing clients that you don't normally offer. For example, I might reach out to clients and say, you know, this is a really awkward time to do this, but I have bills that I have to pay and a family to feed. And so I'm going to come to you humbly and say that this is a really good time if you're thinking about purchasing outdoor furniture, for example, to do that. Not only will most things be on sale by this summer, but I can offer you a package priced favorably to make this easier on you and your family and see what happens. You might have better success approaching clients by phone, having a conversation with them and letting them know. Remember, it is easier to sell to existing clients than it is to drum up new business, particularly in the next short while. Everybody's going to be reminded of past relationships and how important those are. And so you're in a much better place to work with clients that you have serviced in the past. So I can't say it's never okay to chase cash. That would be unfair. But I can say that there are some downsides to chasing cash. And one of them, a really big one, and this is the position I found myself in 2009, 2010, taking every job that came my way, no matter how little money was in it, and having an attitude of some income is better than no income, allowed me to pretend for a very long time that things were going to be fine, when in fact things were not fine. Everything was on fire, economically speaking. And the sooner I realized that, the better off was I was going to be. But continuing to take in jobs that weren't profitable brought me the temporary relief of cash. It lulled me into a false sense of complacency and actually, in the long run, contributed to a further drain on income. I also learned the hard way that offering services at a discount, thinking that, again, it was better to have some income than no income, ruined the opportunity to work with clients who might have been really good clients at a later date. None of the clients that I offered a discounted rate to came back to me and ever worked with me at my regular price. So again, it just delayed the inevitable. And in fact, I really think it was an opportunity cost as well. One more thing I want to say about adjacencies and providing services you wouldn't normally provide. It's okay to do those things privately. You don't have to promote the fact publicly that you're doing those things. 
I can't remember who said it. One of my coaches says it all the time. There's work you do and there's work you pursue. The work you do may come in handy over the next few months or a year. The work you pursue is that work you're an expert in and that work that brings you the greatest profitability. That you pursue wholeheartedly and publicly. Something else that will delay the pain. You're going to hear various people recommend this idea of also borrowing cash or taking a small loan out during this time period. I really think that is a mistake. At the point at which other people are recovering, you will still be in a position where you're paying backwards. You're paying for past damage. Secondarily, I believe it will stop you from making difficult decisions that you need to make right now, like keeping staff. You may need to let go of staff. You probably need to let go of staff. If you borrow money, you could tell yourself that things are going to be okay and you can afford to do this for a few months, but it may not be a few months. We really don't know. I'll leave you with this one last story. This was 2009, 2010. We had the promise of a very big project come into our office. It was a big deal because it had been at least a couple of years since we had a very big project. And we got all excited and the client paid for a consultation and we went through the contract and everything seemed like a go. And just before signing the contract, the client phoned me and said words to this effect, we want to go forward with you. We have multiple homes. This is only the first project we can bring you. We need you to cut your fees in half in order to go forward with this project now. I remember being sort of stunned. Did I I hear that? Did he just throw a carrot in front of me like future project over here and then whack me with a stick? So I said, I am... Not sure what gave you the impression that my fees were negotiable, but they're not. And then here's what this man said to me. If you want to keep your staff employed, you should take this money and be grateful because there's lots of companies who will take the money. And I knew then what I had to do. I had to first say, no, thank you. Good luck with the other companies you get a hold of. And then I had to let someone go. Eek. He actually nailed it. I was willing to do almost anything to keep those last couple of people I had hung on to employed at the detriment to other people who remained employed for many years. So I had to dole out the suffering layoffs over a long period of time. And if I could go back, I would absolutely do it differently this time. I would let everybody go early. I would have recovered more quickly. I would have hired back more quickly. We will be talking more about profitability in the weeks ahead and giving you formulas for success. In the meantime, we're all going to be okay. We really are. I look forward to discovering all the silver linings that are ahead. I look forward to getting together and having a laugh and having a cry and sharing some victories and mostly 
spending time with each one of you, my tribe. Thank you so much for being on this journey with me. I definitely would not want to be doing this alone right now. Until next time. Thank you for being a part of the Business of Design community. If you love what you hear on the podcast, take the next step by signing up at businessofdesign.com. As our thank you, you'll gain access to Business of Design's 15-step project management strategy, a free introductory course which includes three Business of Design systems you can implement for immediate results. And when you're ready for success, a Business of Design membership, monthly or annual, will dramatically improve your business and your life. What are you waiting for? Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today.